We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of Pete's Pigskin Preview. I'm Neil McCready. That is Pete DeWeese, the star of this show. Ole Miss defeats Kentucky 22-19. to Kind of I felt good about it because I think that game went about the way that Pete and I sort of told you we thought it might go. Kind of low scoring, kind of close. Came down to the end. Ole Miss makes a couple plays on defense, wins the game at the end, 22-19. to The Rebels now 5-0, 1-0 in the SEC. They head to uh, Vanderbilt. Commodores 3-2 and two overall, 0-1 in the SEC. They lost to Alabama in their SEC opener. Their SEC home opener is Saturday, 3 p.m. against Ole Miss. You can see the game on the SEC Network. This show brought to you each and every week by Walk-On Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with a taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine. Po' Boys gumbo voodoo shrimp plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland today. Uh, also, let Walk-Ons take care of all your tailgating needs this season. Inquire today about their family and friends bundles, their tailgate platters. Order online or on their convenient Walk-Ons app. Pete, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am good. I'm going to get this out of the way now. If you're listening to this and you get a little frustrated during the show, it's kind of on you because I'm going to tell you now that I'm begging you to watch this show on YouTube. Spirit of full disclosure, I make more money uh, if you listen to this show, but you're going to enjoy this show if you watch it. It's on uh, YouTube, MPW Digital. I'd love it if you'd hit the subscribe button, if you'd hit the uh, little bell to notify you, but you don't have to. You don't have to. I'll never know. If you don't tell me, I'll never know. And it's right there, and you'll get much more enjoyment out of this show if you watch it. But if you insist on listening to it, that's fine. You're just putting a few extra of uh, quarters and nickels and dimes in my pocket, and those pile up. That's the plan. So um, welcome into the show. Appreciate you being here. Uh I guess we'll start here, Pete. Um, hell of a game. It was, if you were my friend sitting in Dubuque, Iowa, and you really didn't care who won, whether it was the uh, Rebels or the Wildcats, number one, kudos to both teams for fantastic uniforms. I mean, seriously, it was great. Uh, Ole Miss's home fit with the uh, the, the real tree helmet, the uh, powder blue top, the white pants, I wish they'd put a powder blue stripe down the side, but even without that, it's fantastic. And I've always made, I've always criticized Kentucky's checkerboard, and then I found out it's an ode to Secretariat. Did you know that? I, I, so I actually have had some former colleagues that played at Kentucky, and so I brought it up one day, and one of them looked at me, he's like, "No, dog, that's Secretariat. That's that's Holy Grail in Kentucky." I had forgotten it, but I swear I can hear right now Mike Scott's voice said, no, dog, that's that's for Secretariat. And as soon as I heard that's for Secretariat, I was like, oh. And I looked at it totally differently. Isn't that funny? I oh, just it is. be told, because if you ever watch the replay of like Secretariat winning by 30 links in the Belmont, you're like, oh, my God, Secretariat was a badass. And so <laughs> I totally get it. And now I'm like, oh, those uniforms freaking rock. And those uniforms, the white on white with the white helmet, 
juxtaposed with Ole Miss's uniform in the bright sunshine, not a cloud in the sky, on a early October North Mississippi day, it was spectacular. It was, it was a from good a, combo. From a visual standpoint, just kudos to both teams for bringing the best uniforms. And, and then the game lived up to the uniforms. It was great. Came down to the bitter end. Uh, A.J. Finley makes a play to Kentucky's credit. They get a three and out. They get the ball back. I was watching their sideline the whole time. They were huddling over there, the offense, and they had a very confident body language. And then uh, Will Levis hits Barry and Brown, who can absolutely sprint. And yes. makes a run up the sideline. He gets caught at the six and a half, seven. And then um, they almost score, but they rushed it a little bit. Had a had an illegal shift, five-yard penalty. And then Will Levis did the one thing Will Levis has to work on, and that's, hey, you can't hold it so long. His Achilles heel got him. Um, Ivy stripped him. Tavius Robinson jumped on the ball. Rebels win. Great game. Lived up to the hype. Uh, Ole Miss gets a 22-19 to win. Anything that stuck out from that game for you? I know we're going to go over some things here in a minute, but anything just initially that stuck? You know, I, I think – I think there's a few things, you know, obviously there's there's people saying, oh, you know, Kentucky should have won that game. And I, Kentucky had opportunity. Kentucky, Ole Miss was the Kentucky better football could team. could have won that game. But, you know, Kentucky, better. Kentucky could have won that game. Ole Miss could have extended to a three-score lead. Mm-hmm. That, that's the reality of, of that game. Obviously, a lot of people have seen it by now. If they call the face mask on Ole Miss's last offensive play, before Kentucky gets the ball back, they never get the ball back. But there were – Ole Miss had opportunities to separate in that game, and they didn't. Um, and 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 that's that's part of growing up, and it's part of being clean. The flip side is I think, you know, for Ole Miss in some regards is, you know, kind of glad it was the first game back for Rodriguez because they were struggling, especially in the first half, and then he got a little tired. I mean, it, it's – it is what it is. There's a reason the NFL plays preseason, no matter how much the players hate it. And is is you're on a little bit of a pitch count. Just your body, it feels different when you're live like that for the first time. And so, um, you know that that worked in Ole Miss's favor, I, I think, to some degree. So, but but Ole, Ole Miss at the end of the day was the better football team. If if you take take a take the kick return out by Brown and a couple of plays that that kid made that were absolutely special. And Ole Miss was, was, in my opinion, much better football team on Saturday. Yeah, Barry and Brown's terrific. Uh, I mean, he's he's a fantastic player. The importance of recruiting, the importance of NIL, NIL was right there in front of your face because Ole Miss gets him if uh, Kentucky doesn't put together a better NIL package is what it is. Yep. And, uh, boy, what a difference he'd make on the Ole Miss team. That over-the-top presence, the, the speed. You tell me if I'm wrong. So far, and we haven't seen Jalen Robinson's impact yet. So far, the lack of a over-the-top guy, a burner, sort of shows on Ole Miss's offense. It, it does. I, I think it, at times like, you can contribute that to coverage and what the defenses are doing because I think teams are trying to keep the big play out of the Ole Miss offense. They're trying to make them. But the the run game has forced them to be more aggressive. And we haven't seen Ole Miss be able to take advantage of that so much when that opportunity has been there. So I I think definitely, I think Ole Miss will tell you, you know, if you're talking to that staff, I think they would tell you that they have to get better down the field. I, they've seen Malik Keith grow up in the offense a little bit and start to make some plays, um, which is which is good because early in the season, I think everybody leaned towards one. Um, kind of still waiting on Trigg to become a downfield guy that, that I think they think he can be. Um, but, but all, all that's still coming. Now, I do think Ole Miss decidedly, um, tried to do some things to create some explosives in the past game last week. Um, that not that they had not done it before, but they, they were a little bit more concerted, I think, because they know that as, as the schedule continues to get deeper into the SEC, they're going to need to be able to do that, especially with the way that they're running the football. So Ole Miss and Vanderbilt on uh, Saturday at 3. So I know we're going to look back a little bit at Kentucky. We're going to look ahead to Vanderbilt a little bit. So uh, take it away. All right. So let me go ahead and share screen here. So I do want there, you know, a couple things that that 
and I hit the wrong button, I'm pretty sure. But uh, there's a couple things that uh, people kind of reached out to me about that they wanted to. Um, can you see the the football image right now? The the film. What I see is "Welcome to the Grove." There you go. I thought I picked the wrong one. Stadium. There you go. That is our high school stadium. So it is. It is Hillgrove. It is the Grove. So that's uh, may There's have been a nice connection for me when I took yeah. the job. So there you go. So I had a few things that people asked about. People reached out on social media, reached out on the board. So I wanted to make sure that I hit those things, um, and and you know covered those those things as I went. So let me go ahead, make sure I'm where I want to be. All right. So people asked about this play um, fairly early in the game. Me, I got myself off a little bit somehow chose the wrong the wrong button but that's okay so um so I'm, I'm gonna sidetrack and then I'll go back to what I was looking for a second ago so this is a concept that Ole Miss went to a few times in the game and there's there's a few things to address here one I think it's their attempt to push the ball down the field to protect their run game with play action but the other thing I think you can see here is you can continue we talked last week about darts growth and I think you can continue to see um, some of some of that here. So what Ole Miss is going to do, and it, it's pretty common at all levels of football now, is teams are going to push a defender deep with the receiver that's attacking the middle of the field, and then typically they will come underneath it with some type of a deep crossing route. One thing that's kind of become in vogue recently in the last few years is running what a lot of people call a sting concept. It starts out looking like a shallow. In a traditional shallow, the receiver is going to run at the heels of the defensive line, work across the field, and if he gets free grass, he'll start to elevate a little bit. Otherwise, he's going to stay flat. What this concept does, typically, so when when you're teaching defensive backs to read and match routes, they are always going to look at the depth of the route and know how it's going to affect their technique, their eyes, and all those things. If you take this receiver and he releases vertical behind the backers, one of these defenders, depending on how they're playing their zone, is going to have eyes on and is going to be there to catch the route as it works to him. But that same defender is taught that if he goes underneath the backers, now my eyes need to go somewhere else, either outside looking for some type of a post or dig behind it, or opposite looking for the same type of route concept. So what Ole Miss is going to do here is is they're going to push Mingo deep. They're going to release this same shallow route, but the sting variation is where as he gets underneath the backers, he is then going to try and climb and replace. And it almost becomes like a wheel route that comes from the other side of the formation. But you're really trying to get into the same space. But the depth of the route is to manipulate eyes and defenders. And if you're lucky, you get either – a void in the zone, or you get a matchup on the linebacker where you're expecting to be able to win. So you can see here Ole Miss goes under center. Now they had shown some under center early in the game where they ran some jet sweep, handed it off, tried another play action off of the same thing. So here they're going to go under center and they're going to show the split zone that's been their number one run game throughout the course of the season. So you've got two receivers to the right, a tight end to the left who's off the ball, and another receiver to the left. They're going to fake the run action to the left, and they're going to bring the tight end back across in protection. Now, Kentucky plays this well. The defensive end gets upfield. He sniffs the rat pretty quickly. It's a good job by Dart. He shows the ball. The ball is out and extended to the tailback. Dart's eyes are turned is if he's seeing the ball being handed off. So he's doing everything he can to sell it right there. Maybe Kiffin would say he rushed it a little bit, but from a mechanic standpoint, he's not doing a bad job considering it's not something he's asked to do often. But the end plays it well and gets upfield. So this is a great job by Dart setting up off of this, feeling the pressure, and climbing in the pocket right now. It's great effort by 81 at tight end to get on the defender and run him clear of the quarterback. Yeah, because if Casey doesn't get to him right there. If, if Casey doesn't get to him, it's it's a big-time sack. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, you go from a first and 10 around midfield to suddenly being in a second and 20, right? Yeah. And obviously yeah. not where you want to be. So now let's look at the release of the receivers at the top of the formation. Okay. You see the, um, the inside receiver is coming underneath the backers. The run action has invited them up, but he is clearly under the backers. When he does that, the safety, Ole Miss, or Kentucky's trying to rotate into a cover three zone. They did this a ton throughout the course of the game where they're going to take their corners and they're going to play a deep third technique. And the boundary or weak side safety is either going to sit and buzz his feet or he is going to spin down now and get into a three deep shell. Okay. As the play presents itself, that weak safety starts to work down. But because the receiver goes under the backers, he turns and starts to climb for depth again. He is now thinking, that guy's not mine. I'm going to turn and get depth. Now, the outside linebacker down here at the bottom is actually who does a phenomenal job. As the Ole Miss receiver comes underneath, he feels it and starts to climb now. But the backside backer turns, opens hips and is actually there to carry it. Now, he great runs, protection. He, he runs with Trigg. He, he, oh, he runs. Mingo. Mingo. So, yeah, he, he so the, the, the corner runs with Mingo, but then as 11 comes across and starts to wheel down here towards the oh, numbers he, at the bottom of the screen. Gotcha. Yep. Then you see 15 turn to wheel off and run with Watkins. Now, when we talk about Dart's growth, you watch him here. He evades a sack. Great effort again from Casey Kelly. Steps up in the pocket, looks to set his feet, and his eyes right now are looking for that sting route that's down at the at the numbers on the bottom of the field, and it's not there. Instead of holding on to the ball too long, it's checked down. He doesn't have one right here that's readily available to him, so he just is going to pull it down, and he turns what easily could have been a 10, 12-yard loss into a first down run off of this play action. This was a play that was well defended by Kentucky. Yeah, And it wasn't poorly executed by Ole Miss, but it's a great job of a quarterback not forcing the ball, which is what we heard all offseason was the problem. Because if 15 doesn't realize what's happening to him, that's a touchdown to Watkins. If 15 is playing any different in the zone, if if his fit in the run game, and it's part of what what they, they, they gave him from a responsibility standpoint, they never asked him, or rarely in the run game, did they ask him to go set the edge. They actually let him play soft, and as he saw the run and the end came outside, 15 was able to fold back in. As a result of that scheme, you can see he's not aggressive. He feels pass early, probably because of the the, the depth of the, the O-line not trying to necessarily work vertical. So he softs off, and he feels that, that wheel route right there. Otherwise, it is definitely going to be a big play for Ole Miss. Yeah. So Ole Miss runs this. It's early in the game. It, it, it doesn't go away. They come back to it. They work this concept or version of it four times. Okay. Um, here's my – I am I'm, I'm, I have somehow gotten off in my notes right there. Let me make a fix real quick. Uh be as unprofessional as I can be right here. I don't think anybody would know if you weren't telling them, <laughs> so it's all good. So here we go. This this should be – all right. So here we go. Clip 36. This should be the right one. Let's see. All right. So now the formation looks very similar. The only difference now is now instead of the two receivers being very tight to the formation, to the right of Ole Miss as a formation, they're wider. And he's okay. in the gun now, too. He's in the gun. He's not under center. And earlier, they tried to sell an inside zone to Ole Miss's left. Here, they're going to work it a little bit differently. They're going to pull a guard, and they're going to show a gap scheme. Ole Miss will run a counter scheme where they pull the guard and pull the tackle with the tailback getting behind. So now, again, it's different eye candy for the defense. You're trying, again, to invite all these guys to show run, to really get a hard run action look. So the protection changes, um, the, the, uh, the, the, the presentation from a formation standpoint changes, and then what they're going to do route-wise is simply switch responsibilities. Earlier we saw Mingo the first time we run it. He's the post with Watkins underneath. 
Now they're going to flip it. Now they're going to bring Watkins over the top. They're going to push Heath deep. And Mingo, who's not going to work quite as shallow, but is on this very similar path, is going to come over. And then he is going to climb now and get into that same type of window that we saw earlier. The route changes a little bit because earlier when Ole Miss ran it, the receiver came from the field into the boundary. So it almost looks like a wheel from the other side of the field. Because now Ole Miss is coming from the boundary to the wide side of the field, he has to gain depth in his landmark. If the landmark is the same, his path to get there looks a little bit different. But ultimately, they're relying on the same type of scheme right here. So that there it is right there. Dart's eyes are on the safety. Now, this is one that people asked about. I had some people message me about. There's everybody saying, man, when I watch this, watch the replay of this, Ole Miss gets Mingo running clear for an absolute explosive play. He puts the ball up for Heath into coverage, and it, it, it's they, they're not able to connect, and Kentucky almost intercepts the ball. So just from Dart's perspective as he comes through this, this is a, a Kentucky really getting into the same coverage technique that they did earlier. They're uh, spinning the weak side safety down. They're getting into cover three, and they're rolling the one safety to the middle of the field, and they're bailing with their corners. So what he's going to do, Dart is going to put his eyes on this safety. As soon as that safety comes down to take the route by 11, he is expecting now to be able to replace him over the top with the post to the outside receiver because that safety has now voided his zone. So there's a safety. You see he gets flat-footed. He sees Watkins. He's thinking, oh, crap, right there. So from a quarterback perspective, he is definitely – he is expecting Mingo – or excuse me, Heath, to to try and stem and stay tall on this route and throw it to the middle of the field where now you can replace that safety and throw it over his head. What almost looks like happens right here is I don't think Heath is expecting the ball because the corner stays over the top and inside. So he's either expecting a rocket shot right now or he's expecting the ball to go where it's really designed to go, which is to, to Mingo on the crossing. Oh, Mingo's wide open here, right? Wide open right here. But so is this Jackson rushing a read it's, or it's, it's, it's again, it's dealing with the young quarterback, yeah. right? So is as soon as, and I'll show it to you from the end zone and you can't see the safety. Great. But there's his eyes. So right now he sees that safety is flat footed and is coming down right now on Watkins. And he is 100% thinking, oh, middle of the field is open. And he tries to launch it. Now, I don't know if they're telling him right now, you see it, ball's out. But if you watch what happens here, Jackson, he's going to see it. He's going to take one step back. He's going to gather for a step and then load up. And you give the corner recovery time by then. You can see at the end of this this clip how the corner – because he recognizes route at this yeah. point, and because yeah. the ball's late, he gets himself inside of the post. Heath is expecting the ball to be out right now or for the ball to come off. And if he does work off to Mingo right there, it's a touchdown for Ole Miss. Yeah, the the, the throw to Heath is never there. Even, the, if, the, even if he gets it off on time, Pete, it's not going to be there. It, it, the only chance it has right now for it to be an absolute earshot right here on this hash. Boy, it'd be and that's that'd be a big that'd be like a Patrick Mahomes throw. He completed that throw during the game, but it was a different read progression. Okay. He squeezed he was able to squeeze it in there. Okay. So the play action is gonna make him late on that ball. Straight drop back, he can get his feet in the ground and get that ball out. Gotcha. Off of the play action right here, it, it's it's a deep ball. And it's it's it can't be a glance post. It has got to be a down the field throw. So they would probably like to see him work off right there and take uh take the home run ball. Okay. So skipping forward in my playlist real quick, all the way down late in the game now. Second and ten again, balls around midfield. And that's one thing you'll notice right now is I've shown you two clips and the ball has been near midfield 
um, you know, every time right here. All right. Not something they're calling backed up. So here they go. They go to the exact same scheme that I just showed you. Kentucky defends it a little bit differently. This time, the middle of the field safety doesn't bite. But what he does do is get depth. And what they're trying to do here is they're trying to cheat it. And essentially, he recognizes it and plays it like, man, this safety spins down. He's deep. He's deep. And the outside linebacker actually does a really nice job right here. But as Mingo releases, gets underneath Watkins and now starts to climb, okay, he sees, Dart sees. He knows the post isn't there now. The safety gave him that read. So now he's trying to find, okay, the safety has gotten depth. The post is away. Is there anybody in my window for the sting route where Mingo's trying to work? There's the backer. So now here's the progression. Come down, find my check down. It was just second and 10, and now you're first and 10, and you're across midfield because he went through his progression. He trusted his rules right there. He goes, you see, eyes on the safety, safety's deep. So now his eyes shift. He's looking, who's going to get my crosser? There's a defender there. Quickly, without hesitation, find my check down and then let your athlete go to work in space. Ends up in a first down. So, you know, that's three clips of essentially the the same type of play. And then I'll show it to you one more time here. This is, again, later in the game now. Okay. So your your fourth quarter here. So here we go. Ole Miss is, again, change the picture a little bit. So now we're running it back into the boundary not to the field like we did on the first two. So you're going to get the post again from the boundary to clear everything out. You're going to get a deeper route here. And now here comes the shallow is going to come underneath and then is going to go and climb again. Okay, there's the play action. Kentucky comes with an all-out blitz. And you talk about an absolute Oh, I remember this throw. This was his best throw of the day. This was – you don't want him to throw off his back foot. You don't ever want a quarterback to throw off his back foot. But he but the, the way that he anticipates in. and drops this ball in there – Yeah. Ooh, buddy. Watch it from the end zone and watch watch his where his body is when he releases the ball. And then look at the touch right there to drop that ball in. Wow. And give the receiver a chance. If he's able to step into it, if, if he if he doesn't feel the pressure to his right, he leads him more up the numbers. It's still a big play, but he has to kind of fade it out there right there. And here's the thing about this ball. For a kid that you were worried about the gunslinger mentality and being risky, whether he did this intentionally, I can't tell you. But the thing about this throw, whether it's a catch or not, who can make that catch? Only the Ole Miss guy. It's either going to get caught or it's incomplete. It, exactly. Right? That's the best thing about the throw right there. And, I mean, that, that is that is extremely impressive. It's a really great blitz pickup by the running back, but that is a an extremely impressive throw. And he knows if he hangs in there for just a split, more, it, split second more, he's going to get sacked. He's taking a shot. No right, question. Right. All right. So let's go switch into a different concept now. Okay? So – one of Kiffin's favorite concepts, this was day one or day two of his installs when he was still um, in, in Florida at FAU. Okay, it's a concept he calls spin. It's a really simple concept, okay? To one side of the field, usually the wide side, he has a man-to-man beater. The guy's going to outside release on a hitch, and he's going to work a slot fade. He's going to go step on the toes of the defender, and then he's going to fade and push himself to the numbers. You get man-to-man, you're trying to win this matchup with your slot receiver matched up on a nickel or a safety. If you see zone, your outside receiver to the boundary is going to work a dig. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And your number two receiver, in this case, Kelly, the tight end, is going to work this little grab or pull route. He's going to work five yards, put eyes back to the quarterback, and if there's anybody on him, he is going to pivot and turn to the sideline. The idea being that if there's a backer that's on you, when you expand, he'll expand, and you widen the window to throw the dig. If the backer turns and is evaded and dropped so deep that he's underneath the dig, you just throw the underneath route and hope your guy is going to go make the completion. So when Ole Miss lines up in two by two, this is it's a concept they really like. Okay, So right here, he looks up, he sees there are two high safeties. There is no blitz look from the defense, so he is 100% anticipating zone. So he is going to look through this hallway to see where that backer goes and if he can work the dig window behind it. Okay, I, clearly I messed up again. I'm out here firing myself because I clicked off that play a second ago. All right, so let's go back. Sorry about that. All right, here we go. Now we got it. So this clip, they're actually doing it out of three by one. Okay. Similar concept, but now here's the pull route. Here's my dig. And then on the outside, they're just going to clear something out with typically a fade or something on the other side again as a man-to-man beater. Okay. So here he sees early. He sees what looks like a zone look. So he's going to work his way down here to the bottom. Okay. He chooses to work the post into the into the boundary right here. And this is the one I was talking about earlier where I said he made that throw on the post when he oh, threw yeah. it out of his break and oh, put it down. Oh, he sure did. Back. Put it right there. So really out of three by one, it almost looks like, you know, Ole Miss is giving him a post there instead of a fade. But you can see at the bottom, it's the same idea. You've got the guy working the pull routes. You've got the guy getting ready to bend in behind him. And he works this post to the field. The release right here by Malik Heath is beautiful. Oh, yeah. He gains ground. Mm-hmm. Watch, him, watch him gain ground on this first step. Attack the DB. When, when you attack the DB, they have, two, they have two responses. They fall back or they get physical. They get physical, it means their weight's forward, and if you're a big physical receiver like he is, you hope you're physical enough to play through it. But what you see here is he attacks, look at him gain ground in those first two steps. What does it do to the DB? It immediately puts him on his heels. Soon as that DB opens his hips to the outside, Heath is gone. And then watch him. If, watch how when he releases inside, and this is if, if there's any young receivers or any dads that are trying to teach their son to play receiver, when he releases inside, he doesn't work inside. He stems back vertical and presses 
on his outside shoulder to keep the DB where he wants him so that when he breaks, he creates more leverage and separation. This is route teaching 101 from a receiver right there. Absolutely beautifully done. Wow. And and Dart could not have been more on, like to the point that that is a really tight window, and they might have had a conversation with him about make sure you see 25. But look at his eyes right now. What do he, he sees 25. He knows where 25 is. He saw the safeties and the linebacker kick to the three-receiver side. He's outnumbered over there. So he's going to hold 25 with his eyes, and then right now, ball absolutely could not have been thrown any better. Yeah, hell of a throw. Great hell throw. of a throw. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of it, you know, the, the play we looked at a minute ago was impressive, right? We talked about, you know, the way he drops that ball in there. But from a timing and rhythm standpoint, that throw and catch right there was absolutely flawless. So now the two-by-two two version of it. And this is the one I showed you earlier, right? There's our dig. There's our pull. There's our slot fade. Okay? So, again, you're looking at a third and eight right here. It's a good call because you give the quarterback a real clear indicator. It's man here, zone here. Kentucky shows zone. They're going to blitz from the boundary right here. So all he's got to do, if you watch 81, Kelly's going to push forward like a hitch. He's going to stop and watch him work outside and the effect it has on the linebacker. The linebacker is going to expand with him. And again, you talk about route running right here. Watch Heath. He's going to push off the ball. He's going to stay as vertical as he can and he almost gains outside leverage at the top of his route. And watch what it does to the DB's hips. Where are his hips facing now? Outside. Yeah. Where's my route going? Inside. So if I can get that DB playing this off technique, the way he's playing with that depth, and get him to open his hips, I now have him beat when I come back across the middle. And it's a great run after catch, but again, it is quality route running. It's a great job by Dart handling the low snap right there, but he sets his hallway, gets his feet in the ground, the throws in rhythm, and it goes from a third and eight into a 26-yard gain for Ole Miss. Okay, real quickly, going to show you two more clips of the same thing, and then we're going to push on and talk about some Vanderbilt. Um, so here we go, back to the three-by-one look again. Okay, so you've got the post to this side, and this is the interception that he throws before the half. Okay. This Early, is Jacquez Jones's pick here. Th th this is Jacquez Jones's pick right okay. here. So I, I don't know if Jones has seen this a hundred times in practice. I don't know if he just knows that he has help on the outside. But there's Kelly sits, and instead of pulling back outside with that route, he stays underneath the dig window and just baits it. And it's a play that when you look at it from the end zone copy, okay. There is a window to throw that ball, but he has to let him get into that window. And Dart, I think, anticipates Jones working out with the tight end. And when he doesn't, there's the pick sitting there waiting on it. You know, it's a play clearly that Ole Miss would like to have back. And it's one of the few poor decisions. Um, it's one of maybe three poor decisions from my point of view um, that I saw on the film. Kiffin called it quote horrible in quote. Okay. <laughs> That's he the, the the man's not wrong. And when you look at it there, you're like, oh yeah, I see. That. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's horrible. So <laughs> here's a look. I want to show you this. By my count, Ole Miss ran this four or five times during the game. Here's a look now. He sees man to man, so he's gonna take the take the fade side right here. Okay. And it's 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 not a bad route. The ball is just off right here. And, it, and if you watch it, he goes down. The snap is fine. He gets his feet in the ground. Right now, see the tilt in his shoulders is not what they want. You'd like to see him probably stay on plane a little bit more. But he also, you see, he can't step into this throw when you watch it. He, uh, they give up pressure on the inside right there, just a miscommunication and protection. And because he can't step into the throw and he can't generate power through his hips, it's all arms, so the ball lags behind. If he is able to step into this throw and drop this throw right outside the numbers, the receiver is ahead of the DB and definitely has a chance for another big catch in the fourth quarter, uh, in the, I guess, late third quarter here. Yeah, this is late third here. 
could could have could have absolutely been a big play. But just wanted to kind of show you how those two concepts um, work. And then the last thing that I do want to make sure that I show you, make sure I've got the right clip. Okay, is this is the touchdown run uh, by Judkins? Okay, um, so it's a concept we talked about after the Georgia Tech game. Something they did a ton where they brought motion this way to sell jet sweep. They ran zone away from it and then brought the tight end back across to build the wall. So I'm actually just going to go ahead and cheat and go to the end zone copy right here because this is handled really nicely. It is a great job. Casey Kelly almost passes him up, but is actually able to get just enough. And it's it's probably one of the better plays, in my opinion, by Pettis on the day. And he got praise and accolades for, for his first start. But he is by himself on this four-eye, this inside defender. And Pettis is going to really work inside, and then he is going to wash the whole side down. Okay, as Casey Kelly comes across, he's responsible for the first thing outside of Pettis. He's expecting it to be this outside linebacker. The blitz that they have on is going to bring the inside backer to the party as well. So the jet motion is going to slow down this defender, the outside backer. But as this backer works into the scheme, as long as he fits it wide like he does here, and he doesn't do a bad job. He tries to redirect and fit it tight as the tackle blocks down. That's Kelly's able to get – Kelly gets just enough of him. And then what's impressive here is watch the acceleration when he sticks his foot in the ground to get vertical at tailback. His aiming point is here. And as he sees all the color wash and he sticks his foot in the ground to get vertical, watch the tempo that he does it right there. It is so sudden and so quick with zero hesitation and then having the ability to pull away from guys. There's a reason that that kid's having the season that he's having um, and and is going to continue to have a, have a big season yeah, um, special. moving forward. So, so let's turn focus to Vanderbilt. Um, probably not going to spend a ton of time, but I do want to talk about a couple of things. Um, you know, uh, I know they've had some some different guys play at quarterback. Um, A.J. Swan, the freshman, is from right down the road. I watched him several times in high school. I know his coaches um, from high school. I, uh, I competed against him in seven-on-seven tournaments. The kid's got an opportunity to be a really good player. Um, and they're doing a good job with him and taking advantage of his skill set. Let, so let me ask you this, because you've, you've watched him play. You've competed against him. Uh, Chris Lee, who's covered Vanderbilt forever, um, he wasn't comparing him to Jay Cutler, but he says he's got similar arm talent to Jay Cutler. He, he has arm talent. He does. Cutler was a little more slippery early yeah. in his career in particular, and it's not that, that A.J. can't run. Um, but he's a different body type. He's a thicker kid. Um, he, he's not quite as slippery as maybe Cutler was early on, but he can absolutely sling the football. Had some guys to sling it to when he was in high school, um, and, and it, it definitely definitely made a difference. thing I'm going to give Clark Lee and his staff credit for on the offensive side of the ball, they know their deficiencies, and they do a good job trying to protect them. They do a really good job getting the ball on the perimeter in fairly easy ways, right? So open and play the game right here against Alabama. They're going to throw this little swing screen. They're going to crack the outside receivers. They're going to lead the tight end out, and he's just going to throw a simple screen out to his tailback. Now, any better block on the edge, it's an easy first down, but it's also uh, Brian Branch and Alabama secondary, and he fights off, and it's a three-, four-yard gain and what easily could have been a first down. You skip forward their second offensive play of the game. They're going to give him an easy RPO, okay? They're going to bounce the back right here. They're going to run a zone run scheme. And, again, you're just giving A.J. a very easy read. The corner's off. Anderson's got to come play the run, give it to him right now, and let a kid get out on the perimeter and go make plays because they're not going to win a ton of ball games trying to hit, you know, just hit their head on the wall on the inside. They know that. So they try to do things to create that space 
on the outside. Again, this is early in the game against Alabama. They're going to come out, look to the sidelines, make sure it's the look they want, and then here comes a reverse. They like number 16. They like him on jet sweeps. They like him um, on, on, on reverse action. They get him the ball a couple of different ways. That was him on the second play that caught the little uh, the little bubble route out into the flat. I think you're slowing down for me. But it's here on the reverse, and if you look at the reverse, it's an interesting design, okay? He's lined up down here at receiver. They're going to get in a little unbalanced set up to the top. They're going to turn. They're going to show run this way, and they're just going to flip it right back to him the other way. And, again, they're not going to win second one against Alabama, and they know it by running on the inside. So they're finding all these creative ways to try to get the ball um, in guys' hands. They're not just asking A.J. to hand it off. They're giving him RPOs. They are letting him run the offense. And so Ole Miss is going to have to defend the full field. Um, I want to show you one more clip of their offense, then we're going to move move to their defense. And this is the kind of stuff that I'm sure Ole Miss has had to spend some time preparing for this week. They come out and they show this empty set against Alabama again early in the game, and they're going to shift, get themselves into a different look, and this is, again, this is on a third and two. They know they're not going to win a ton of games trying to hand it all, always hand it off up the middle. So they've shifted now into an unbalanced look. They now have both the receivers at the bottom of the screen are on. And if Bama does not match it with players, they're going to throw the bubble out here to number 16, who they've shown that they like. Bama's going to put two guys within four yards of the outside receivers. They've got another linebacker that's walked out and a safety over the top. So Vandy's going to just take the math right here and hand the ball off, and they get just enough to get on the edge and make a play. So Ole Miss, I'm sure, has had to spend some time this week looking at all the formations, all the shifts, and all the different ways Vandy likes to get it on the perimeter. I'm curious to see with Ole Miss playing a little bit lighter box, right, playing their 3-2 and being – doing a really good job of forcing the ball on the perimeter with their safeties, you know, outside of the first screen that Kentucky threw to Barry and Brown um, uh, on their, I think, first drive of the game where he got loose and got down the sideline for a big play. um, They did a nice job handling most of that stuff. And, you know, if I'm curious to see if how, if Vandy feels better about trying to run the ball inside because the box is a little bit lighter, the math is a little bit different, or if they continually try to stress the edge and then how Ole Miss chooses to handle that with all the defensive backs that they put on the field. Um, kind of flipping the script a little bit, I want to talk some about Vandy's defense. Um, so, you know, Clark Lee, defensive guy, right? Before coming to Vanderbilt, defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, um, you know, he, he, he cut his teeth as a player at Vanderbilt um, and then coaching defensively after that, obviously. And then you look at his defensive coordinator too, right? Guy that was at Virginia with Bronco Mendenhall before being at Virginia. He was with Bronco at BYU, uh, who have, have traditionally been good defensive football teams, and they give you a lot to prepare for. So one thing about Vanderbilt, if I was going to have to kind of classify and say this is the one thing I can tell you, what you see is not always what you're going to get, right? If you're Ole Miss right here, you can line up with four receivers on the field and get four down linemen and one linebacker. And you're looking at that going, hey, we got five to block five, especially if the quarterback can run a little bit. The math is in my favor. The picture is going to change. Whether it's a secondary player coming down to become part of the fit, it's a stunt or a slant by the defensive line to affect how you do things. But they are going to change the picture on you uh, quite a bit. So – this is uh, Bama's first offensive play of the game, and it's really something is one of the reasons I chose to show this because they like to do it a good bit, but it's also what Kentucky did a ton last week. They're going to roll into a cover three now where they're going to buzz him down. The 25 is about to go play the, the outer third. 25 is exactly right. going to go play this outer third. You're going to get this safety to the middle third. You're going to get vertical there, and now you're building a presence where you're three deep, four underneath and you're, you're changing the picture on the quarterback. So 
there's a couple of ways you can, you know, they're doing it to protect against boundary run game. They're adding a hat so that if you want to run counter or stretch or something towards the short side of the field, they have enough hats to defend it. Where they're weak, if they're choosing to play cover three, and it's what it's what Alabama did a good job of taking care taking care of, and it's what Bryce Young does, I think, on this play. He sees what's happening, and he just pulls out and throws the hitch. And that's where we've seen Mingo be successful in his career. And we've seen a lot of Ole Miss receivers, the big receivers Ole Miss has had in the past few years, be successful taking these quick RPOs and making one guy miss to go make a big play. And it's it's part of the reason Bama was able to rack up so many yards on the Vanderbilt defense is they took these easy throws and then they turned some of them into absolute explosive plays. Was that 25 leaving too soon and Bryce wrote so it? He, he probably shows it a little bit too soon. I, I can't tell. You see Bryce kind of peek over there at the last second, and so he sees it. I think he sees the safety, and he's thinking, oh, they must be rotating, so let me check the corner. Because if the corner stays in man-to-man and they're playing cover one, your guy's running a fade. You may or may not like it. But when he sees the safety creeping, look at his eyes right there, look to the corner. He knows he's bailing. He knows what he's got. So he's going to show his back to just get what he wants. If Bryce turns to it right now, 25 is going to drive it, and the safety that's coming down is going to expand. You might not get the same look. So he does a great job being patient. Give it to your guy. Let him go make a play. Okay. Back with that theme of what you see is not what you're going to get. All right, so right here, uh, Alabama comes out. There's four wide receivers on the field. If you're doing the math right here, there's four down linemen. There's one backer in the box. Things are telling you, hey, we should be good to run the football. Now, this is on second and two, right? This is the type of rundown where most teams are going to play box heavy. They're going to expect the run, and they're not going to want to invite you to run. Vanderbilt is okay saying we're going to play our games and we're going to do what we do and we're going to try to give it to you. So as they motion right here, we've seen Ole Miss use a lot of similar motions in the past. They're just going to bump the linebackers to match hats right here, and they're going to trust their four-down linemen and their one linebacker to get the job done in the box right here. Now, Alabama falls forward, is able to get themselves a first down right here, but if you look at this clip, I count, I count three Vanderbilt defenders playing at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield. They, they're trusting those guys a good bit to be those guys and, and make those plays. They're, they're not afraid to do it. And they, they, they like I said, they, they use movement up front to try to let those guys be active and make plays. Um, here's another example. This is just the next play. It's first and 10 now. They're going to get aggressive right here on first and 10, try to win the sticks. So Alabama's got three receivers tight end on the field. They're going to bring a six-man pressure where they're going to bring their two linebackers, and it's what's kind of traditionally known as a cross dog. So all the D linemen are going to go out a gap. They're going to bring one backer through a gap and then another backer behind him into the opposite a gap. So they're going to try to, you know, bet it's good against pass. It can be sound against the run right here. They get decent pressure on Bryce. He's just able to find that there is a hole in the window. There, the middle of the field is open right here. He's just finds it a little bit late because of the pressure and ends up putting the ball in the dirt. So for all you know, for all the points, Alabama certainly found their way and they they found a way to score a ton of points against this Vanderbilt defense. But early in the game, Vandy's showing them some looks that I don't know how comfortable Alabama was with. And it took them a minute to go settle in. Um you know, skipping forward again, Alabama's going to come out here and they're going to come out and empty. And Bill O'Brien loves empty. Um, Ole Miss uses it some, not nearly as much as Alabama usually does. But how many linebackers do you see in the box right there? Uh, two, depending on sort of how you define it. But so, you know, wide. I, they, they are really wide. They are both. Technically, technically none. You could certainly argue none. So what they're going to do to make up for it here. So Bama comes out and empty. This is after a penalty. It's first and 20. Screen, draw, high probability during the, this type of, of down and distance situation. So they're comfortable living in this box. When Alabama motions the running back back in, one linebacker adjusts. Okay. 
Then as ball snap, there's the draw. So what, what they're going to do in these situations is they're going to use a defensive line stunt here and they're going to work a stunt between the two, the two inside defenders. And you see them communicating right there. The back motions in. So when, 91, when 91 kind of tips his right hip, what is he telling zero? He, he, he's tapping his hip. So I don't know right there if he's telling zero or if he's talking to one of the other defensive linemen. But as soon as he sees that, watch 35. 91 is going to tap his hip. 35 is going to point to him, and he's telling him, you're going first. Okay. So they're okay. working a stunt now. So when he taps his hip, what he's probably saying is, I'm not in this gap anymore. It's about to be open. Okay. So 91, people call this a tech stunt. The T, because the T goes first, and then the nose is going to come. So some people will call it a ton. Text with a tackle and an end. Ton with a tackle and a nose. So the tackle is going to go first right here. The nose is going to come around behind him. And there's the run scheme. Now, what happens is if you notice, zero does what? He jumps outside because 91 just told him that gap's going to be open. What really should have happened is they're expecting the other backer to be able to fall in late and cover down, as they call it, on this other side. If zero doesn't jump out of there so much, they really limit this game. Instead, he jumps out of there expecting to have to open up that back. But zero should have known. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's frustrating to me. Zero should have known that 35 was going to fill that gap. He he should have known. Here's the other thing, though. Watch Zero's eyes. Easy are on for the me team. to say, right? Well, it is. Zero's <laughs> eyes are on the running back. Watch what the running back does. His eyes go out. Oh, so yeah, right yeah. now okay. he's he thinking right there. He's thinking he's check release. So what he's thinking right now is that running back is looking to protection. Nobody comes. He's about to release into a route. So Zero's trying to get out there because he's got to go leverage that that route. And because of those two missteps he takes trying to go protect against a potential route, it turns into an eight-yard gain. You get him in a much more manageable situation. I mean, if you're a linebacker and you just make a quarter-second quarter bad read, you're beat. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It, absolutely. I mean, you go back this to the touchdown brutal, run man. from from, from uh, Judkins earlier. Yeah, Jacquez, I mean, Jacquez was in position. And if he fits it one step tighter, it's, it's a minimal it's a, game. It's a, it's a one-yard gain. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, right here again, they're showing you they're showing you the box. Now they're going to get into the same cover three that I showed you earlier. But when I showed it to you earlier, what they did was they spun the safety and rotated the corner. Yeah. If you watch here, they're going to do what's called they're going to cloud this, which means he's going to stay down, and now they're still going to roll to cover three, but the corner is now going to be the force player. Gotcha. He's going to have to come be the flat player out here. So it's just another way of getting into the same type coverage principles. They're three deep. They're four underneath. But it catches Bama slipping right here. The The offensive tackle does his best to get out there. The corner does a great job, and it's really nice pursuit from the inside. Now, we talked about the misstep that Zero took earlier. Watch him here. They're working a blitz where he's about to come off the edge. He sees the release, feels it, and redirects and goes and saves a, a potential pretty solid gain here by Alabama. Again, he he feels it. Now he turns, redirects, gets flat down the line. That's my guy right there. That's right. Just messed up play before. Here he is right here. Really my apologies, Zero. Play. Good play, buddy. So um, <laughs> this is the big one that I really wanted to show. Because this one, this is the kind of stuff that blows my mind when people do it for a million different reasons. Sometimes it blows my mind that people attempt to do it. And sometimes it blows my mind because they they can do it. Um, Because you don't see this by a ton of people unless they really have some confidence in what they're about to get. So right now, you see one deep safety. I've shown you all these clips where they're playing cover three. They are about to get to cover two. From this look. How? Cover two, it means you're going to have a deep half safety or defender on and outside the hash. You're going to have somebody squatting in the flat. So there's you've got your two corners. This is a third and eight. The corners are both sitting at eight yards. One safety is about 
15, 16 yards off there, about 13, 14 yards from the ball. And the other safety has walked down, and he is four yards from the receiver. Are they going to try to drop uh, this safety right here? They are going to turn and drop this safety that is four yards from the line, and he is going to sprint down this hash. Okay. And this safety is going (laughs) to rotate into cover two. I so, wanted to show no way, you this. There's no way Bryce sees this coming. There's the only way you see this coming is if they've done it so much on film, it's become a tendency. Okay. And I, and I can't tell you whether or not they have. Okay. Because I want to watch it from the, 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 the wide copy here. And then I want to show you the end zone and kind of revisit one of our previous, but you can see right here, the safety down here, 34 is turning and he is absolutely bailing number eight down here at the bottom really doesn't do a good job. He should feather out and try to collision the outside receiver more. He ends up giving him too much of a free pass right there. And if Bryce has throws this ball down here to the fade, it's a touchdown. Okay. But they, they, because of the pressure and the look of the pressure, he works. And this is really similar to the concept I showed you from Ole Miss earlier. The tight end runs the little pull route with the dig behind it. He works the zone package. He fills zone right here. He works it, sees the underneath, lets it go. Okay. But if he works it down here to the field, they're in a little bit of a bind because that safety, you are asking him to do something incredibly difficult. Now, from the end zone, you and I have talked, we've looked at a little bit, you know, what protecting the passer. Right. Why is pass pro so poor? You know, if you look right here at this look, there are one, two, three, four, five, six defenders, and a seventh one that you can't see right outside the picture. Okay. Okay. You don't know who's about to come right here. They're showing seven guys in the blitz. When this ball is snapped, there's only four coming. They're trying to get you to throw an underneath route. He's trying to get him to unload the ball quickly, thinking that there's a lot of pressure coming. thousand percent. And you're trying to buzz 13-0, and then whoever that is, 93, you're trying to buzz, and when he throws the ball hot, get them out underneath to it. It And if zero zero takes a little bit wider angle right here, it's a chance at an interception right there. If that was a slant route and not a hitch, there's a chance at an interception right there. So it, it is a complicated look. They show you some funky stuff. And, and, and if you're dark this week, not forcing the ball into some of these disguised looks is going to be very important. Uh, being being sound and protection with some of these looks is going to be very important as well. I think Clark's done a good job at Vanderbilt. It, it's You just showed me a lot of it. It's a hard job. He inherited an absolute train wreck, and it's going to take time if it's even possible. But I do think they're better. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's hard to look at, at you know, their. It's hard to look at their schedule, or at least the Alabama game in particular, and say that they're better. Wake Forest is a good football team, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and that one got away for them from them, but they were playing ball there. Northern Illinois is not a great football team, um, you know, and, and that one was definitely closer than Vandy wants. And so they have their limitations right now, and they, they still know what they are, um, but they are playing football. And two years ago, that was hard to say. Ole Miss should win comfortably? I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I to me, you know, with, with Ole Miss, in a lot of ways, it's going to be about being healthy. Right. It's going to be about being able to snap the ball without many issues. And it's going to be about being healthy because Ole Miss is showing signs of, of, uh, of wear and tear, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, just trig doesn't look full speed, you know? Um, uh, Judkins, we, Kiffin talked about in his press conference, right? Beat up. Um, you need Evans, you need, you need a Bentley, you need all those guys. And so that's going to be part of it is just how healthy can they remain on both sides of the ball. Um, and, and in games like this, if, if guys are beat up and aren't full speed and 
things can jump on your back a little bit. But, yeah, Ole Miss should be fine, I think. Again, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt at 3 o'clock on Saturday, the game on SEC Network. Don't forget, uh, Walk-On Sports Bistro makes this show possible. They also put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland. And don't forget, they can take care of your walk, your tailgating needs as well this season. Inquire today about their family and friends bundles, their tailgate platters. You can order online or at their convenient walk-ons app. We'll be back next week with another edition of Pete's Pigskin Preview. We'll look back at Ole Miss's game uh, at Vanderbilt in Nashville, and we'll look ahead to the uh, home game October, I start to say September, it's already middle of October. October the 15th at 11 a.m. Central Time, Ole Miss and Auburn. We'll talk about the uh, Tigers. I assume at that point they'll still be Brian Harson's Tigers for the uh, temporary time being. We'll talk about that. Uh, Auburn goes uh, to Georgia this weekend, so they'll uh, two top ten teams in a row at Georgia and then at Ole Miss. So we'll preview the uh, Tigers and the Rebels next week. Until then, Pete, thanks for the time. As always, man, great stuff. Yeah, thank you. Repeat, I'm Neil. Until next time, have a great weekend. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.